Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Good morning, Mount Calvary Nation and friends. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. Let us rejoice. We get to rejoice. We choose to rejoice and be glad in it. What a wonderful opportunity we have to be together, even if only virtually. We wish that we could all be here in the Mount Calvary Church Sanctuary building, but we thank God for the technology and for the people behind the technology who make it possible for us to be together virtually today. God has seen us safely through another week and has allowed us to see the start of a new one. And for that, we're grateful. There's not one single thing that we've needed this week that we had to go without. And so we've just come to say thank you to our great God who is worthy of our great praise. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for life and health and strength. We thank you for last night's lying down, Lord, and we thank you for this morning's early rising. We thank you because you have kept us because you've provided for us, because you've made ways out of no way. You opened doors that only you could open. You shut doors that we needed to stay out of, and we're grateful. We're grateful for your grace today. We're grateful for your mercy today. Thank you for your forgiveness, for your keeping power. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you for choosing us long before we thought about you. Thank you for putting your hand on us and not letting go. Thank you for saving us and sanctifying us and filling us with your precious Holy Ghost. Now, Father, as we come today for virtual worship, you be glorified, you be honored, you be praised, Father. May what you want come out of this time together. Save, heal, and deliver, set free today in the name of Jesus and just for your glory. I thank you that this pandemic is no match for you. You can move across uh, airwaves. You can move across computer screens. You, can, you are big enough, powerful enough to do whatever you want to do when you want to do it. And we say today, have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray now. Amen. Amen. Listen, saints, we are going back today uh, to the book of Acts. We've been slow walking through the book of Acts since Pentecost uh, Sunday of last year, and we are still in the book of Acts. We've come up to chapter 12, and that's where we're going today. Uh, back in June of 2016, I preached a sermon for the Ohio Northwest uh, jurisdiction of the Church of God in Christ who were meeting right here at Mount Calvary in Dayton and I preached a sermon from Acts chapter 12 entitled The Power of a Praying Church. The Power of a Praying Church. Listen, if ever there was a time when the church needed to be praying, it's now. Y'all have seen all the stuff, all the foolishness that's gone on this week. First of all, we're in the middle of a pandemic still, and I don't know that we've reached the peak or not. We have been away from each other, and on top of the global stuff that's going on, we got national stuff going on in the White House, in Washington, uh, in, the, in the Congress, even in the State House. Uh, there's, there's stuff going on statewide. There's stuff going on in our city, uh, even in our homes. But God said 
if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, I will forgive their sins, I'll hear from heaven, and I will heal their land. Let's get ready for the power of a praying church. God bless you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, God. I don't even know. We did this is none of this is on the thing. It's not it's not there. Um, I don't know if you know this song. Say I sing because I'm happy. And I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and that's the reason why I sing. One more time. I sing because I'm happy. Oh, I, I sing because I'm free. Yeah. His eye is on the sparrow, and that's the reason why I Hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, glory, and glory, hallelujah. I give the praises to you. I give the praises to you. Glory, glory, hallelujah. That's the reason. That's the reason why I sing. Someone asked the question. And someone asked the question. Why do we sing? Why do we sing? When we lift our hands. When we lift our hands to Jesus. What does that really mean? What do we really mean? Someone may be wondering. And someone may be wondering. When we sing our song. When we sing our song. At times we may be crying. At times we may be crying. And nothing's even wrong. And nothing's even Hallelujah. So let's tell them why I sing because. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. His eye is on the sparrow. That's the reason why I sing. That's the reason why I sing. Can we give him praise? Glory, hallelujah, glory. Glory, hallelujah. We give the praises to you. We give the praises to you. Glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. That's the reason why. That's the reason why. Can we give God praise in this place this morning? from the Lord tonight. It is found in Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. And if you don't have your Bible with you, it is on the screen. You can read along. And if you're able, would you stand as we honor the reading of God's holy word? 
beginning at verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. And a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about, them, about thee, and follow me. And he went out, and followed him, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but he thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Verses 1 through 11 of Acts chapter 12. You may be seated. In this passage of scripture, we're given a glimpse into what happens when the body of Christ the church, the saints of the Most High God come together in prayer. We are shown what can be when those who name the name of Jesus the Christ will walk together in Christian love and in unity. Tonight I want to speak from the subject for just a little while, the power of of a praying church. The power of a praying church. Now about this time in the life of the church, Herod the king, this is Herod Agrippa I, the grandson of Herod the Great who ruled in the days of Jesus' birth, the nephew of Herod Antipas who was one who ordered John the Baptist to be put to death, the father of Herod Agrippa II before whom the apostle Paul would appear later on in chapter 6. This Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. 
Now, according to the Bible, his vexing, his vexing, his persecution, his attack, his tormenting was not the entire church as some has suggested. His goal was to take out, it wasn't, it was to take out all the Christians, but he had specific targets. He stretched out his hand to vex certain of the church. Now, he has already killed James the brother of John with the sword, and now, since it pleased the Jews so much, he is coming after Peter, the very visible smoke spokesman for the church. Now, it seems that Herod understands something like so many evil before him and after him, and that is, if you want to attempt to destroy something, you must first take out its leadership. That's nothing new. Because if you can get past the leadership, then you can wreak havoc on the body. Let me see if I can help you understand. It's the same reason that the serpent in the garden bypassed Adam when he wanted to deceive. It's the same reason that Pharaoh wanted all the male Israelite babies killed. It's the same reason why there has been an attack on African American males and maleness in this country since we were introduced 400 years ago. It's the same reason why Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated to try to weaken the civil rights movement in this country. It's the same reason why the system has been set up to incarcerate our young boys at the new plantations we call prisons. Because the enemy knows if you can take out the leadership, take the fathers from their children, take the husbands from their wives, you can take out the whole thing. And apparently he's still at it. Every week, it seems, we hear about some scandal with church leadership somewhere in this country. But I've got good news today. Jesus said, upon this rock, I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But I digress. So Herod sees that it has pleased the Jews to kill James, so he apprehends Peter, put him in prison, and assigned 16 soldiers to that one prisoner. He was chained up to two soldiers, and two other soldiers were just standing guard. Every eight hours, a new quaternion, a new, uh, uh, four more soldiers would guard this one prisoner. Herod had obviously heard about what happened in Acts chapter 5. When things were going so well for the apostles and people were being added to the church, the Bible says multitudes of men and women were being added. People were even bringing their sick folks into the street and just laying them down by the side of the road. And when Peter's shadow passed them by, they were healed. From cities all around Jerusalem, people were bringing sick folk. They were bringing those tormented with demons, and they were all healed, the Bible says. This upset the high priest. So they, drew, they threw the apostles in jail, but that night, the angel of the Lord just came and just opened the prison door. And so now, Herod, who has obviously heard about that, has assigned 16 guards to this one prisoner. So Herod put Peter in prison because he wanted to keep him until after the Passover as if he cared about the customs of the Jewish people. But he didn't want to interrupt their celebration time with the execution of a prisoner. And verse 5 says, Peter therefore was kept 
in prison, kept tereo in the original text. It means to attend carefully, to, to take care of, to keep one in the state in which he is. Now, that strikes me because God has a way of keeping people even when the enemy intends harm. Herod thought he was keeping Peter in prison for his purpose when the whole while Peter was being kept for God's purpose. He's in an uncomfortable situation, but he's kept. He finds himself shackled in prison, but he's kept. I want to ask you, have you ever been in that kind of situation? In the bondage, but kept? In the shackles of debt, but kept? You still ate? You still had your necessities? In the bondage of sickness, but God kept you? In the shackles of depression and anxiety, but God kept you? How you know it? Because you're still here. The old folks used to say it like this, all to be kept by Jesus. Hallelujah. Peter was kept in prison, but. There it is, that distinctive, disjunctive, connecting conjunction that reverses everything before it that cancels out, that one little word that cancels out the preceding statement that takes all the power out of the words that came before. Peter was kept in prison, but that same word the psalmist used in Psalm 73, my heart and my flesh fail me, but God is my strength. Paul used it, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You remember the list of people who can't get in. Y'all remember them. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. You remember the list. You remember. Because he says, and such were some of you, but you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he used it again. There's no temptation that's overtaken you that's not common to man, but God is faithful. He used it again. Ephesians chapter 2, he said, you used to be concerned about fulfilling the lust of the flesh. You used to be by nature children of wrath, but God, who is rich in mercy. And so the text says, Peter was kept in prison, but Hallelujah. The church was praying. While he was going through, the called out body of believers was going to the Father on his behalf. The Bible says they were praying without ceasing. New American Standard Bible says they were praying fervently. NIV says they were praying earnestly. The Greek word for without ceasing means stretched out. They were stretched out. In, when was the last time you were stretched out in prayer? When have you prayed for something that made your faith muscles stretch? I'm almost done. I promise my sermon is not as long as my introduction. Verse 6 says the night before Herod was supposed to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping. That brings us to our first point. The saints praying will, number one, let you rest. Peter was a, presumably about to be put to death the next day, but he's not up worrying. He's not up wondering if God is going to get him out of this. 
As a matter of fact, I noticed he's not even up singing hymns and praying himself. He's asleep. Still chained up, but sleeping. Bound to a soldier on either side of him, but sleeping. With the keepers at the prison door watching over the prison, he is resting. He understands what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 127. He gives his beloved sleep. He understood the proverb, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Proverbs 3, when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Psalm 4, 8, he understood it. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep because you, Lord, make me dwell in safety. He learned from Jesus. You remember when they were on the boat and the storm rose up and the disciples are panicking and they're looking for Jesus and he's back on the boat, sleep. There is something about when you know that the saints are praying for you when you know that God's got this, when you understand that greater that is he that's in you than he that's in the world, when you know that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper, there is something that will let you rest even when you're going through. Remember what the psalmist said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence coming my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He won't let your foot be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall never, neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper, thy shade on thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. But the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul, thy going out and thy coming in, even forevermore. What are you trying to say, Reverend? Here's what I'm trying to say. Rest. Go home tonight and get you some sleep because there are some saints praying for you. First of all, the prayers of the saints bring rest. But secondly, the power of a praying church will bring a response. Peter is in prison and the church is praying and something happens. While they're praying and Peter is sleeping, the angel of the Lord suddenly appears in the prison with Peter. Now, the church doesn't even know what's going on. They're just praying. But they ask God for help, and before they could get up off their knees, God gives a response. The angel came upon Peter, and the light shone in his dark cell. You need some light in your dark place tonight? Get some of the saints praying for you. Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you might be healed because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The angel appears, the light appears, and then the angel struck Peter on the side and said, get up. Now my question, angel, is why did you have to hit You already appeared. You, show, you shine the light. Why you got to hit him? I believe there is remarkable revelation here that describes many of us, and that's because sometimes we don't immediately respond to the light to wake up. The goal is to get Peter awake so he can get free. 
But the light came in the cell and he was sleeping through the light. Let me see if I can help you understand. When I get up in the mornings to start the Winston family morning routine, after I smack the alarm clock, I head to my son Nate's room. Now most mornings, as I turn the light on, he wakes up. I don't have to touch him. I don't have to say anything. I turn the light on in his room and he opens his eyes. But my second stop is my daughter Parker's room. I can turn on every light in the room and she will not budge. Sometimes I have to shake her or even give her a tap and tell her it's time to get up because she didn't respond to the light that came first. There are some of us in here tonight and God has been trying to wake you up so you can get free and he already sent the light. You've been listening to sermon after sermon after sermon and you still sleep. Sometimes he's got to tap you to get your attention. Would you touch somebody's hand and tell them, wake up, you're free. God wants you free. Hit Peter. Peter's chains just slipped off. He tells Peter, gird yourself, put your belt on, bind up your sandals, put your shoes on, because you're free. Hallelujah. That brings us to our final point tonight. The prayers of the church will not only bring rest in the middle of your situation, it will not only bring a response to your situation, but thank God, it will bring release from your situation. The church was praying and now the chains are off. The church was praying and now he's about to walk out of the prison he's been in. He doesn't even understand what's going on. The Bible says he thought he was seeing a vision. But no, no, Peter, because when the people of God come together in prayer, it gets real. So Peter and the angel walked past the first guard and they walked past the second guard and they come to a big iron gate. And historians tell us that it usually takes five guys to open that big gate. But all there is is one man and one angel and one church praying. The Bible says that when they got to the gate, it opened by itself. I come to tell you tonight that when the saints are praying, doors will open in your life. You've been trying to figure out how to get to where God wants you to be. I want you to make sure that you stay connected to a praying church. God will open doors that nobody else can open for you. He is the master of moving obstacles out of the way. You remember the story, Moses and the children of Israel 
were trapped at the Red Sea. Water in front of them. Pharaoh behind them. Moses, use what's in your hand. Moses lifted up his rod and the water parted and they walked through on dry land. When the enemy thought he had them trapped, God moved the obstacle out of their way. I've come to tell you tonight, when the enemy thinks he has you trapped, won't God make a way out of the way? I said, won't it make a way out of no way? Has he ever opened doors for you? Hallelujah to his name. He thought he had trapped Jesus in the garden when they came to arrest him. He thought he had Jesus hemmed up when they sentenced him to die by crucifixion. The enemy thought he had Jesus trapped when they hung him on the cross of Calvary. He thought he had Jesus trapped when Jesus drew his last breath and gave up the ghost. He thought he had him trapped when they placed Jesus' body in the tomb. The enemy thought he had him trapped all night Friday. The enemy thought he had him done all day Saturday, all night Saturday. But early Sunday morning, he got out of the trap and the angel moved the stone. I've come to tell you tonight, God still specializes in getting you out of what's holding you. And with a praying church, with a praying church, with a praying church who knows how to call on the Father through Jesus, his Son, by the Holy Ghost, I declare tonight, you shall be free. Clap your hands and tell the Lord thank you. Glory. I've got good news tonight. It's some praying saints in here tonight and you don't have to leave here the way you came. If you came bound, you can leave free. If you came here sick, you can leave healed. If you came shackled, you can leave delivered. I know that I'm just a Baptist boy, but if you let me borrow the words of one of my preaching heroes. I command you to be healed, be delivered, and be set free in Jesus' name. put some power in his praying church. There's rest when the church is praying.
there is a response when the church is praying and there will be release when the church of the living God is praying. Thank God. Who wouldn't serve this God? Who wouldn't serve? Listen, if I said it before, if ever there was a time that the church needed to be doing more praying than anything else, that time is now. As a matter of fact, before we go any further, before we take another step, before another minute passes by, let's just call on the name of Jesus. Would you join me? Father, we thank you. We thank you because you've saved us. We thank you because you've made us part of your church. And when we call on your name, you said you would hear and you would answer. And so, Lord, we call on you now. We thank you, Lord for the power in prayer. We thank you because the power is really not in us. The power is really not even in our prayer. The power is in you. You have all power. You're bigger than coronavirus. You are bigger than COVID-19. You're bigger than an election. You're bigger than racism. You're bigger than classism. You're bigger uh, than social unrest. You are bigger than economic injustice. You are bigger than any sickness or disease. You are bigger than poverty or lack. You have all power and we call on you now. We call on you because we're in trouble, Lord. As a world, we're in trouble. As a country, we're in trouble. As a state, we're in trouble. There's trouble in our city. There's trouble in our own homes. And we call on you now. You are a heart fixer. You are a mind regulator. You are our peace in the midst of our storm. You are our healing out of sickness. You are our deliverance out of bondage. You are every single thing that we need and we thank you Lord for being our all in all you said we could tell you what we want and so father we're asking that you bring an end to this pandemic whether through the vaccine or however you want to work it you don't need anybody's help you're God all by yourself and only you can make a difference we speak peace in Washington father Father, I thank you for destroying every plan of the enemy. I thank you because the enemy cannot have, does not have the victory. Your church, your people are calling on your name. We're humbling ourselves. We are confessing that we don't know what to do or how to do it, but you know everything. We call on you now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Bring healing and wholeness to our homes to our bodies, to our finances, to our emotions in the name of Jesus and for your glory. And we will always give you praise. We'll always give you glory. You alone deserve it. You alone are worthy of all of our praise. Before we can see it, we praise you. Before we feel like it, we praise you. Before the manifestation, we praise you. We don't have to wait until the battle is over. We can shout now. We say hallelujah to your name. Glory to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And we thank you. Amen. Amen. Listen, church, what we need to be doing is more praying than talking. More praying than trying to figure it out more praying than complaining. 
there's some power. God hears us when we pray. You want to see stuff turn around? Call on the name of Jesus and watch God do it. Watch him do it. Listen, if you want to be a part of this church, and I'm not talking about the Mount Calvary Church, I'm talking about the church of the living God, the called out ones, the saints all around the world. Listen, here's what God did for you. God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus Christ, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through him might be saved. That is good news. Here's what the Bible says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he's in charge, that he's running everything. And believe in your heart that although he died on Calvary, God really got him up from the grave and he is alive forevermore. Confess and believe. And the Bible says, you shall be saved. Listen, if that's you, put it in the comments. Send us a message. Send us a note. Call the church. Something just to let us know that you have accepted the Lord Jesus into your heart. Somebody will get in touch with you and we'll help walk you through this so you can start living your changed life. If any man, any person be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. An announcer is going to come in just a minute and share a few more things, but let me uh, just share a few things with you while I have your attention. We do have uh, Veronica Dunson Cunningham sent me a message and asked me to thank the Mount Calvary Nation for their prayers, their calls, uh, their, their uh, gifts during the homegoing and the passing of her beloved father, our beloved member, Brother Curtis Dunson. Also, Sister Clara Glover and um, Clara Glover, Glover and Beverly Cox Desar, they also sent cards of thank you uh, for the senior gifts that they received. Uh, we do want to, to acknowledge today Brother Arthur Williams who celebrated his 65th birthday yesterday. Brother Williams, if you're watching, happy birthday to you. Y'all get on his page and, and tell him happy birthday. Also, we've got some more celebrations. I'm so proud. I'm a proud pastor. Uh, Rick Moyer celebrated 20 years of being clean and sober this week. And uh, Virginia Carlisle celebrated 21 years of sobriety yesterday. Just good news all over the place. Place. Betty Joseph, I told you she was in the hospital last week. She's home now. Pastor John Jackson, I told you he was in the hospital uh, last week. He's back at the nursing home now. Listen, there. when we pray, God hears us, and we're just grateful. Would you? There are two families I'd like for you to keep in your prayers. Uh, Tiffany Cooper's father, uh, Michael Rainey, he passed last week. His, there's going to be a visitation this Saturday from 1 to 3 at Newcomer Funeral Home on Needmore Road. Would you keep Sister Tiffany and her entire family in your prayers? Also, I got word just before we uh, started this morning that Brother George Tolson, that is the uncle of Eunice Andrews and Liz Porter. Uh, he was 103 years old and he passed this morning, went home to glory. Would you keep that family in your prayers as well? Listen, God is good to us. And with all that's going on, sometimes it's easy to get distracted. 
But big things happen when God's children call on his name. Don't forget to pray. There is some power in a praying church. We're going to go to the announcer now who will share with you just a couple more things. But it's been good to be together and we look forward to the day when we can all be together in person. God bless you. Don't forget to pray. Thank you for your continued generosity. Your financial contributions help to transform lives, to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. For your convenience, you can use the Giveify app on your smartphone, the Cash app. Or if you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, you may drop off your contribution at the Mount Calvary Church at the address shown. Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live.